Welcome to the Mark Steery Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Steery, and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Steery, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, and most other places you get your music online. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. If you've got an extra buck or two, you'd mind tossing in the podcast tip jar. Please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Steering Music Podcast. Also consider you help you get the word out in the streets via social media, five-star rating and review in iTunes and or tell a friend or two. Happy Thought of the Day is by Bob Dylan. All I can be is me, whoever that is. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 217. Please support this week's sponsors, ID Chrysler Pine City, the B-Dale Club, and Canine Inspired Change. Also, thanks to all the folks who contribute to this podcast on Patreon.com. Coming at you on the night before another big snowstorm hits here in St. Paul, Minnesota. Just getting over a weekend of the stomach flu. I've had it worse before, but besides the physical symptoms, it seems like I can't even think straight when I get that. Flu shot, first thing next week for me. Last week's Geeks Wrap-Up. Tuesday, played a solo show at Volstead in Egan, Minnesota. Good show, but blew out a foot pedal, a light, and two harmonicas. Wednesday, played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Added some acoustic drumming to the loops of my songs, and it went over pretty well. Friday, played a solo show at Ingredients in White Bear Lake, Minnesota. I had the chills on stage while the flu bug was hitting me, but I made it through all right. Saturday, played a duo show at JJ's Pub at Commander Bar in Breezy Point, Minnesota. Was still feeling a bit under the weather, but had a fun time rocking with Jamie, Patrick Gable, and the usual Breezy Outlaw crew. Shows. Wednesday, December 11th, 2019, I'll be playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Thursday, December 12th, I'll be playing a duo show at B-Dale Club in Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota from 6 to 9 p.m. Friday, December 13th, I'll be playing a solo show at Nova in Hudson, Wisconsin from 7 to 10 p.m. Saturday, December 14th, the Mark Sterry Trio featuring Brian K. Johnson and Brian Ricochet Leger will be rocking out in Polk County, Wisconsin at Fox Crick Eagle Lounge from 7 to 10 p.m. Part two of two with frontman and founder of the legendary band, The Dweebs, Michael Blue. We talk Michael's start in the music business, changing the band name from the nerds to the dweebs, and more. Enjoy the conversation.
Mr. Michael Blue, welcome back to the Mark Steri Music Podcast. Michael Blue of the famous, iconic Midwestern band, The Dweebs. Thanks, Mark. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Um, we are here still at the studios here, Dweebs Studios here outside of Somerset, New Richmond, Wisconsin. Uh, having a good time here on this early winter day uh, with Mike. Last episode, we were talking about like different like crazy weather things you've gone through, whatever. So I'm, I feel very fortunate. I've been a full-time musician for about 15 plus years and I've always looked up to folks like you and bands like I mean I've ever since I can remember the dweebs have pretty much been around and so I, I think a lot of musicians goals as they start is to be able to make a living as a musician and let alone do it with your family and have this beautiful studio and these crazy stories and stuff so how did your story Start. Are you from this area, or how did you end up being no, who I, you are now? I grew up in Red Wing, Minnesota, uh, and my roots are with uh, classic country: uh, Marty Robbins, Johnny Cash, Johnny Horton. And uh, I knew when I was five years old I wanted to be a singer. And, uh, and in fact, I was uh, uh, out of high school. My dad was trying to get me to go to the Navy, and I didn't want to go. I told him, I said, Dad, I want to be a musician. And he goes, you ain't good enough saying the things a dad should say. Yeah. And, and he was right, too. Um, <laughs> but there was one other thing that, he, uh, that I remember him saying. And which kind of pounded in my head for several years was if you want something bad enough, you'll work until you get it. Otherwise, you didn't want it that bad. So I had these two things battling in my head. You ain't good enough. Well, if you want it bad enough, you work till you get it. So I finally realized, man, I need to I need to apply myself. I had a raw talent, but my dad was right. I wasn't good enough. And uh, at which point I practiced and practiced and practiced. And uh, well, I was about 24 when I decided, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll up my sleeves and go to work on this. And uh, and in 1980, I was married in January. My wife was working in a factory, and I was working in a factory. And I still had this, you know, huge desire or need to be a musician. Uh, I was playing part-time with guys, but I wanted this full-time. Well, I got mad at work one day, and I decided, you know what, I'm out of here. I quit. And I walked home, quit. And I didn't tell my wife for, for two weeks. And she's packing my lunch every day like normal, and then she went to work, and I always left after her and got home before her, so it worked out great. And uh, so during that period, I practiced and practiced and practiced playing solo and uh, uh, beefed up my, uh, my, uh, my song list and, uh, and uh, the lyrics. And, and uh, two weeks go by, and I'm supposed to have a paycheck, and I don't have one, so I had to tell her that I quit my job. She, well, after the fight, I said, <laughs> I said, give me 10 days. I'll be making more than I was at the factory. And I had a buddy that was playing the solo circuit, and uh, so I grabbed his schedule, uh, called up four places, set up auditioned, and got hired at all four places. Within ten days, I was making about fifty bucks more a week than I was in the st uh, at the factory. And uh, uh, I tell you, that first week coming home with that cash in my hand was uh, the best feeling of accomplishment 
ever. And uh, we're still married. And that was 40 years ago. Wow. And I've been full-time ever since. Leaving my show at Ingredients on Friday, I had a nasty fever. My teeth were chattering. And while packing gear, I sure came to appreciate something I've never had in a vehicle before. Just two clicks, and my car was started and warming up. I hopped in, and it was toasty in my black Jeep Cherokee I got from Idy Chrysler, Pine City, Minnesota. When 250,000 miles, my old car was just too much for the poor thing to take. I found myself looking for my new dream ride at ID Chrysler Pine City, and the staff could have been more helpful with me choosing a vehicle and willing to work with my, as I call it, musician's credit score. Their philosophy is simple, time-saving, hassle-free, fair price. Check out their inventory at idcdjr.com or take the beautiful drive up 35 to 715 Northridge Court Northwest, Pine City, Minnesota, to visit them in person. Business hours are Monday through Thursday, 8 to 6 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 8 to 5 p.m., closed on Sundays. Check out ID Chrysler Pine City today and enjoy a safe winter season full of adventures and memories out on the open road in a new ride. Do you remember those first four places? <laughs> um, I remember two of them. One was the bar in Hastings. The other one was the sportsman, and uh, and we both got stung by the cell phones in the same bar. <laughs> of course, it's my mom. <laughs> um, the other one was uh, the sportsman in Somerset, and uh, I remember uh, at the bar I'm playing. Now you know I set my mix. I got all I was was acoustic guitar and lead vocal. That's all it was. And I'd set my mix and my levels, and I'd play. I'd play like a Beatles song, and uh, there's one. The crowd would go, you're too loud, you're too loud. Well, then I played a country song, and, and they loved it. I never touched a thing. <laughs> I play a Beatles song, you're too loud. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> um, what did your set list look like then? What do you think, what do you remember you were playing? Old country, Beatles? And yeah, it was um, mostly the stuff that I grew up with, classic country. Um, uh, and it was 1980 when uh, uh, John Lennon was killed. And that was after that, I recorded uh, the Beatles' whole library from A to Z off of KQ. Yeah. And I had a big four-track, and I put it on two tracks. and. And uh, so I had the whole library. So I picked a lot of those, and uh, um, and I was always a big, huge Beatle fan anyway. So yeah. Um, what era? Early Beatles or mid or later Beatles? It was more earlier, early Beatles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's that's. Has any of those songs you played those first four shows still in the set list now with the Dweebs? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, "Stand by Me" by Benny King. We'll pull that up. So, darling, darling, stand by me. Oh, stand by me. Oh, stand, stand by me. Uh, at a corporate party. I have to play that all the time too. Yeah, I have young, young waitresses 
that are like 20 ask for that every single yeah. week. That song and I was, by me. I don't know why. I was introduced to that after John Lennon recorded it. I do his version too. Yeah, yeah. Even and I, that's you know it's John Lennon. So and the sky that we look upon, like he yeah, does that yeah, part. Right, I yeah, always yeah. do that John Lennon part. Yeah, yeah. Same here. I I'm not that familiar with the uh, with the original version, but oh, me uh, either. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So can you tell us about, were you in a band called, oh, did you play any other instruments besides guitar and vocals? Um, I dabbled, I've always dabbled a little bit with uh, uh, with keyboards and uh, a little bit with drums. Um, and um, I was bass guitar for like 25 years, only out of basic necessity. Is that's what the band needed at that time that I was in. Hey, we need a bass player. And uh, uh, so, all right, I can play it. Okay. Um, so, what, can you tell us about the band Vicious Rumor? Okay. That was a band uh, that was based out of uh, this area here in Richmond. It was actually, uh, it had evolved from the band that I was in called Loose Change. Um, and uh, uh, when Loose Change uh, split ways and uh, looking for a new gimmick. <laughs> so, yeah. so, we uh, we had a contest. Name the band because uh, we didn't have a name. Actually, we were called the Apple River Boys, and that wasn't really cutting it. Uh, it made it sound like we were a country or a bluegrass group, which was way different than what we really were. And uh, so we had a name the band contest, and we gave away a Strat guitar and uh, to a guy that had submitted. I mean, we had all sorts of submissions. Like the, we were a three piece at the time. There was a Submission of the Three Little Pigs and all sorts of, you know, names, of course, that we didn't even consider. But uh, somebody came up and submitted Vicious Humor. We're like, oh, I like that. And it was only a couple, three years, four years later, we found out, oh, there's another band called Vicious Humor. It's already released albums. It's like, oh, gee, <laughs> of course there is. Yes. So that's leading into The Nerds. Right. How did you start The Nerds? Well... What was the concept behind that? Well, the uh, vicious rumor was uh, uh, we were kind of at the end of our end of our ropes. We weren't, we didn't have a lot of gigs. They were getting harder to find, and we were a good band, but uh, being a three-piece band, we just didn't have the energy, didn't have the show, didn't have the visual, and uh, um, so. I had uh, I went out and saw my buddies, the Rock and Hollywoods. And I'm watching those guys, and I'm and I'm thinking, well, you know, at that time they're playing all 50s and 60s, and I'm like, you know, I can do this, but what they've got is they've got an image, they got a show, they got, you know, they're playing songs everybody knows, and uh, uh, and and they're having fun, and uh, I said, like, I could do that. I want to keep playing music. This is what I want to do. So. I went home and I put down on a piece of paper. I wanted a, a name that uh, set us apart from everybody else. I wanted something that was fun, something everybody could relate to. And uh, and I had a bunch of names, and none of the names were giving me the results I'm looking for. I grabbed a magazine, and I seen an article on, on nerds, and I'm like, that's it. 
we're going to call ourselves the nerds and we'll play it to the hilt with the dress and the antics and and everybody else in the that was sitting at the table you know we'd already been rehearsing we just didn't have a name yet and uh I, they weren't really that convinced that this is going to work and kind of i wasn't for sure either but so we did our first show in wilmer minnesota we wanted to make sure it was out of town and uh did our first show there just to make sure it was going to work and it went over real good and just exactly like i thought it would and i'm like okay yeah we got something here my life took an unexpected good turn when Copper the Wonder Golden and I became part of Canine Inspired Change. All the heartwarming and memorable experiences we've gained from doing therapy dog work can't be counted or put into words. We're pumped for Wednesday when we start a new session at Mila in Maple Grove. Copper and I are excited to work with dog teams Phoebe and Maisie. Canine Inspired Change is a nonprofit organization dedicated to giving vulnerable youth the social emotional tools they need to be active participants in their schools and their communities. Our work helps these remarkable young people transcend trauma, social struggles, and isolation by sparking meaningful connections with dogs, volunteers, and each other. If you are interested in giving back to the community with your dog or contributing to this worthwhile nonprofit organization, please look into Canine Inspired Change at CanineInspiredChange.org. How did you develop your Papa dweeb slash nerd character? Is it off of a movie or anything like, like Revenge of the Nerds or anything, or just no. do your expect your what you think a nerd would do? Well, it, um, yeah, we just you know my persona on stage is uh, is really just being myself uh, <laughs> and uh, you know and i never was one of the cool kids in school so so that that came real easy to me uh the papa tag came uh as i got two sons uh, and a daughter in the band and uh, uh being the dad uh and uh that uh, that's how i got that tag yeah um, so how did so the nerds just gained in popularity? Yeah, we. Quickly? Yeah, well, you know, my our uh, my philosophy was all right. We're going to play anywhere and everywhere we can, and uh, fill up that calendar and get as much exposure as possible, and and with uh, the thought of making every client want us back, and uh, and that's still our philosophy today. Uh, we want uh, you know because our next client is. Is at the show tonight, and uh, for the uh, for the the next venue, and uh, so um, you know it's really uh, we just pounded it, and it got to the point where I was like, <coughs> excuse me. At first, I was thinking, you know, all right, we're just going to do this part time, and then I realized, you know what, this is really starting to take off here. This is starting to work. Let's go full time again. So. Uh, we hit we hit it hard and uh, played anywhere and everywhere we could. Who was the first lineup in the Nerds? That was uh, Joe Shulo on guitar, Jim Berger on drums, and Jesse Reap on bass guitar, and I was front man. Okay. And uh, so in 1994... I you know had to where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was devastated. We got a cease and desist letter from uh, the nerds who owned the trademark. They're a band out of Jersey, and they still are around today. And uh, 
I got a cease and desist letter, um, and I was like totally devastated. Oh my God! We, the the band at that point we had been around for seven years, established in the Twin Cities market only, and uh, I uh, uh, I called them up and I said, well, it's obvious uh, we got to change the name. It's obvious I'm in conflict with your trademark. And I mean, who would have thought you had to trademark a name for a band? I would have never thought that. So it was my introduction to trademark law. Yeah. And uh, I said, it's obvious we uh, need to change the name of the band. And would you have a problem with uh, us billing myself as the dweebs, formerly the nerds, for six months? Because we are established in the Twin Cities market. They were real gentlemen about it. They said, no, that's perfect. Thank you. So that's what we did. And uh, so on all our posters, it said the dweebs, formerly the nerds. And it actually was a, a positive because people were talking about us. And, oh, my God, yeah, they had to change their name. They got sued. <laughs> of course, we didn't get sued, you know. But people were talking about us. And, and so it was actually... Something that I thought was de a devastating negative was actually turned out to be a positive. What name do you prefer if you had a choice, nerds or the dweebs? Well, now I guess I'm, I'm pretty used to the dweebs now. Like That's the dweebs. A, yeah, yeah. It's pretty unique. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. So, who is the current lineup in the dweebs? Currently, I've got uh, uh, on gu lead guitar is Aaron. I don't even, Troyan, I think, is his last name. Uh, I probably said that wrong. I don't know. It's just in the, the payroll is already in there. I just have to click on his name. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But phenomenal guitarist. And uh, uh, Gabe Holvin is on bass guitar. He's a young kid. I found him down at the University of Wisconsin, River Falls. Needed the bass player, so I went down there and put up a... Uh, posting at the music department, wanted bass player for a touring cover band, and he responded. And I knew I'd already had in, inside information that he was going to school there. So, and so I knew he was going to see it. And then he responded within 20 seconds of him playing. I was offering him the position. And uh, on the drums is my son, Mike Jr., and uh, lead vocals is my son, Benjamin, and uh, lead vocals is my daughter, Claire. Uh, Tom Cohn comes around uh, every once in a while, and uh, like who was with the us before Claire? I remember. Oh, it's my oldest daughter, Trandy. She still plays around, doesn't she? Yep, yep. She plays a, a solo gig. Okay. Yep, yep. She decided to have a couple of babies, and uh, so she uh, had to leave, and, uh, and then she came, and that's when Claire got her full time position. Okay. And uh, um, and then myself, I'm playing keyboards and uh, guitar and lead vocals. Okay, so if there is since like 1980, when when did the dweebs start or the nerds? What year? Um, well, I started the nerds in '87, November so of '87. It was this week, oh, 32 years ago. Really, this week, 32 years ago. Yeah. So if you're looking back at it to 2019 here, is there like if there is a of a Mount Rushmore of people in the nerds? Or the dweebs, some folks that maybe don't still play with you right now. Who are some folks that you would shout out that helped you get to where you are now over the years? Wow. As far as musicians. Wow. I'd have to put my wife up there for sure, <laughs> even though she's <laughs> never never performed on this stage. But uh, uh, her support, and uh, she does a, 
a lot of cooking, a lot of laundry, and a lot of daycare. Yeah. And uh, uh, without her support, uh, none of us <laughs> none of us would be here today. You know. And uh, you know, and I have to probably put my dad up there just because of the inspiration that uh, uh, and the motivation, I should say, for uh, uh, him uh, directing me to. Uh, in a in a subtle way to uh, go after my dreams and uh, um, as far as the performers uh, I have to say the lineup I got on stage now is probably the the finest lineup I've ever had and, wow including Tom Cohen on there but t- yeah. and we call him T Bone T Bone yep. yeah T Bone heck yeah um, so it's a silly question but uh, what's you're probably just gonna keep doing this till you die right. Well, I told the kids, I'm here till it's not fun anymore. Yeah. And every time I say that, it seems like it gets more fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so I am picture I picture me being wheeled up there with an oxygen tank and <laughs> you know, that's hilarious. You know, a uh, walker and uh um and you know, I'm I'm very blessed to do what I love to do, make a living share the stage and the road with my family and uh and i'm and i'm um, so glad that it's worked because i know nothing else <laughs> <laughs> well you, you put everything into the music that's awesome yeah a uh, couple more and we'll call it good uh question i want to tell you all about one of my favorite bars in the roseville slash st paul minnesota area the B Dale Club, located on the corner of County Road B, and Dale's motto is a place for family, a place for friends, a place for fun, and that is a fact. The food at T Bird's Cafe and Takeaway is always spectacular. I had a blast on Thursday recording a podcast with my friends Bart, Allie, Rachel, and Karen at the old B Dale Club. Gravedigger Paul even hauled out the old Christmas tree, and the bar patrons decorated it and everything. Now, what other bar can you go and do that at? Rob, Natalie, Shelley, and the entire bar staff are all state-of-the-art cocktail wizards. I've been told that after being talked about in these podcast ads, the Waller's Woodhill Cocktails are something like hotcakes, karaoke, live music, pool table, pool tabs, bingo nights, bocce ball tournaments, and much, much more. B-Dale's got it all. Stop by for a cold one soon. What is one song that you've played in the Dweeb set list in 2019, you could have started it in 1980-something that you're still not sick of, that you still enjoy playing. Well, okay. Um, I, I would have to say Whole lot of Love by Zeppelin or uh, Slow Ride by Foghat. Um <laughs> You know, I I I really enjoy performing. There isn't uh, too many songs that I've performed that I really don't like. But uh, I could name a couple, but there's no need to do that. <laughs> and the next question was going to be, if you could remove one dweeb song from the set list for life, what would it be? And the people I've asked and other... Oh, I've got, got one more question for you, too, I guess. Um they're always like Mustang Sally. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right up there. Um, although uh, 
I, I think that's that's kind of fun because I, that song has never really been in my song list. Yeah. It's only been in there because there's uh, at a private party and somebody says, hey, I can sing Mustang Sally. All right, get up here. You're singing it, you know. And, and it, it ain't that bad to play. Um, the song that uh, I probably uh, would like to see gone forever would be Brown Eyed Girl. I'm going to say the same thing. At, uh, I, n- I have no idea what the appeal is for that song. And sorry for those out there that love that song. I'm sorry. Um, I've just played it one too many times. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I, unless someone requests it, I just do yep. my best not to play it. Yep. I don't know. And it's musicians' but, thing too. We just don't like playing it for some reason. Yeah, and, and, and as soon as we start it, and like at a private party, and that's about the only time we'll play it, yeah. is at a private party. But as soon as we start playing it, boom. The dance floor is packed. Yeah. You know, I don't know what the appeal is, but, you know, I'm not up there for me, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And in and, and a roundabout way, I guess I am, because I want to keep going back up there. But I do, uh, you know, I listen to my audience. I listen to my band. I listen to my, uh, uh, the purchaser. And that, you know, once I've got all that data, then I, then I make my decisions as to what direction or what, what we're going to do. Okay. So you guys are a, like a household name cover band in like the Midwest. What are some other bands around this area or even nationally that you either emulate or have a lot of respect for or do the same kind of thing where the dweebs, you have an image, you have a persona, you have this big following like Hairball or any of these other bands. Is there any other big cover bands that you admire as well? well I got uh, I gotta hand it to the White Sidewalls. guys uh pretty much have the original band back together and they were not playing together for i don't know maybe 15 or 20 years but uh um but now they've been uh, uh, back together for the last several years and they really have polished their show to um, to to what it was uh 40 50 years ago and uh i gotta hand it to them they're uh uh, they're solid. They're good guys. And uh, in fact, uh, Swanee's my neighbor. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big quote guy. I like to collect quotes and repeat quotes. And last time I was here, there was a quote written on your wall that said, take your job seriously or someone else will take your job seriously. Was that your <laughs> quote? Uh, you know, I don't really remember that. Uh, <laughs> so I don't I know. written down on my phone. That's one of my, I, <laughs> yeah. I love that quote. You know, I don't know uh, uh, who put that up there. It's probably my son, Mike Jr. Uh, he's a, he's a big motivator as well. Um, and it reminds me of, uh, uh, you know, you know, really we do look at this as a, our job in the mid eighties. Uh, we're playing clubs. I was in a band, the, uh, vicious rumor, maybe loose change, maybe. And, uh, 
uh, and there was some drinking going on uh, by me. And uh, towards the end of the night, I fall and I wipe out the whole drum set. And uh, it was pretty funny at the time. And and uh, but I got to thinking the next day, you know, if I want any longevity in this industry, I might need to modify my behavior. And um, so it was. That was the last time I drank at uh, at a show, and um, when then when I became the head producer, uh, that, that that's been my policy. Hey, there's there's no drinking at our show. If you need uh, a job where you can drink, I'll give you a great reference. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's I think that's a great a great policy for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Michael Blue of the Dweebs, thank you so much for being in the Mark Steri Music Podcast. Uh, what's your guys' website? Uh, Thedweebs.com. And be looking forward to stuff they got going on. Michael, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having we'll me, Mark. Thank soon. you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Steering Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for a new podcast about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. Again, please support this week's sponsors, ID Chrysler, Pine City, The Beadle Club, and Canine Inspired Change. This is also a listener-supported podcast, so if you'd like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Steering Music Podcast. If you enjoyed some of the musical edits on on this show, please head on over to your local record store or do some digging in iTunes and load up on some new songs. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go with some fun. Till next time.